Hello and welcome to Staying Awake. This is Dancing in the Moon Knight, our Moon Knight retrospective here on Best From Ever and Talking to Mickey. My name's Ethan. My name's Ian. Did you say welcome to Staying Awake? Yeah, that's what the first episode has. The oh, um, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, what's a good, what's a good Moon Knight-y, like, calling intro card? I couldn't think of anything. Other oh, jeez. <sighs> I, I think we got to workshop that one a bit. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um. <laughs> <laughs> it's difficult. I don't want to do the Dracula thing. No, that's not I, th- an actual I think there's some line. stuff. I think there's some stuff for like, you know, for the next, for the next however many minutes it is, you know, yeah. let, let us have the body and, and, and sit back and relax <laughs> or there's a whole get a hold of yourself or stay away from any mirrors you know do i just uh, say like brit something real british each time and see who catches on no because it'll fly over everybody's heads <laughs> dude we're gonna have to workshop that one that one's yeah. <laughs> but for the that time was, being folks I knew it was terrible for the time being, for, for, there you go folks you, you, you see you see the creative process <laughs> <laughs> sometimes you gotta try some stuff out <laughs> anyway yes we are here for uh dancing in the moon night um, yeah yeah we, we we agreed thanks to uh poet laureate of the podcast dwayne smith that's nah, dwayne smith because he said he really wanted this and i'd be lying if i said it wouldn't be fun to to discuss this show because i'm uh, i'm bearing the lead I'm, I'm having such a fun time with this show the only thing that um the only thing that uh, kind of uh, made me feel whatever is I, I went, well, at least today we'll be half done. <laughs> <laughs> it is a six episode series, right? I'm hoping. Yeah. It's, okay. Um, no, it's not a comment on it's whatever. It's just a comment on, on, on how busy I am. Um, yeah. yeah, it's. Uh, yeah, we're dancing on the moon night. Yeah, it'll be. <laughs> It would be uh, it would be weird. It'll be weird to let one go. At some point, we'll have to let one go. You'd have to stand. It would stand a reason. Yeah, you can't do everything. And so um, maybe there'll be a law of diminishing returns. I don't know. But um, I will say this: um, I had a friend send me a graphic that said that the six, episode one of, of of Moon Knight is is the most watched uh ep- first episode of any of the, the mcu original series so even that though it surprised me honestly. even yeah even though you were not seeing it on twitter like it once did i think people are just maybe we're just watching it but it's less it's less of that group conference it's really weird it's really really weird yeah because i never see it trending the same way no it's always in like my for you but not like the actual trending yeah i don't know if it's because maybe the algorithm for twitter maybe elon musk has gotten there ahead of time and he's uh <laughs> he's tweaking some things uh it might be a, like a like a country thing so i think it might be america but the uk i don't think no no maybe not yeah all, all uh, the people I follow like from America are always talking about, but I, I never seen anything in Britain. Which is weird because obviously yeah. they chose to at least set the first couple episodes there. Um, yeah, um, everything I know from from teaching media studies uh, is a guy called Henry Jenkins who presents uh, fandom theory, and there's another guy. Oh, and I wish I could remember it now, but it's about the death of the audience that nobody's an audience anymore because we're all promoting it. So, and look at us, like you and I here, we're both the audience, but we're also producers of content. And so, even if you tweet about it or share on a message board about it, we're all generating content to some degree. And so, these should be metrics by which we could look at the reach of a program and go look it's got all these sort of uh 
uh, impressions that have been made on on, on, the, on the populace. And I'm not seeing that, but apparently the viewing numbers are really strong. So at least for episode one, I don't know if it's, I guess we'll find out in a couple of days mm. how two and three went. But um, yeah, so we're going to record, we're going to do these separately, right? We're even though yeah, we're gonna yeah. So we're going to record two, but <laughs> release them separately. Because <laughs> we'll Lord knows I love to um, to generate those those download numbers. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, we're we're starting with with episode two, summon the suit. Uh, the the catch up basically was uh, some some spooky things were happening to uh, Stephen Grant, and turns out that there was another guy called Mark, and uh, Ethan Hawke said some spooky things and summoned a jackal, and then he turned into Moon Knight, and that's where we we left off. So. After our recap, we then hear the sounds of the jackal being ripped apart by Moon Knight, and then we cut and pan up to Steven waking up in bed, running and gets caught by his ankle restraint from the previous episode. And after all of that, uh, he opens his mirror to talk to Mark, but Mark isn't answering him. Was it all a dream? Was it a dream? Did any of it happen? Mm -hmm. Am I in a different reality? Uh, He goes back to work uh, very skittish, and he sees that the museum has been cordoned off at parts, as uh, our security friend who calls him Scotty, I discovered, uh, says that it looks like burst pipes, but it doesn't look like that to uh, Stephen. And Stephen asks if they've seen the security CCTV footage, and uh, he goes with the security guard to go see it. And he warns him that what they're going to see is going to melt his brains. Area 51, MI6, bonkers type. Yeah, and this and is Stephen yeah. warning the, uh, yeah. Stephen, not Scotty, warning <laughs> the uh, security guard. Because pronouns yeah. can get confusing there. So yeah. um, I was really impressed with the museum setup. Man, that was that was a nice sort of array of television screens. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, television screens. Monitors. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> nothing television-y about it. Um, but, yeah. And so then we, I'll let you go back to this. But, but we look at the footage. But this had me... I was expecting, like, from the minute we start, this is this is this is quite tropey, right? Yeah. Oh, I'm going to show you, and you need to prepare yourself. So, <laughs> um, you know, I think we're we're all ready for the wah wah. But I, I do have some questions. But but go ahead. Yeah. And uh, as they roll the tape, uh, we see Stephen crying behind the cabinet, waiting for the jackal, and nothing happens. He runs away, bumps into the vase from the previous episode, and what we expect to be the uh, the jackal cause chaos and destruction is is nothing now a jackal okay yeah i get not seeing the jackal yeah did the jackal cause any from the first episode my memory has like physical damage being created like it coming around the corner and taking out pieces of a pillar and stuff like that am i crazy i think i can't remember because it's been a while i think i i remember that it didn't destroy the vase because that was the big thing of oh is it gonna like get it or not maybe i I because because therefore that has to be that has to be visible i mean especially with the rules that we see the next two episodes so i'm I'm just finding it unlikely that the um that the only damage we see is from maybe the jackal does go through and doesn't destroy i i I just thought i remembered like chunks of i thought it was at the matrix with like that that that, you know lobby scene where chunks of the walls are flying everywhere but i guess i'm wrong Mm. I'll have to check, and if 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 we're correct, I'll put a, a, a ding. If I'm, if we're wrong and it didn't do anything, well, then I'll put a, a wah wah. Wah wah. Editor Ethan here to say it's like a bit of both. 
because there's no damage in the museum, but then we see chaos, uh, like, in the staff area. So it does and doesn't. But uh, the security says it's Stephen who messed up the lose, and Stephen's so confused about what's going on, and they fast forward a bit to when he comes out, and they see what looks like Stephen, but it's not Stephen. You know what? Props, and I need to say this now, props to Oscar Isaac, because he is... Later, the, the, they give us a, a few more indications about, you know, visual cues about mm. when he's Steven and when he's Mark. Man, when he comes out, he's, ah, oh, he's so it's good. Or it's fantastic. Because his just his nonverbal, because you can't do anything else. It's CCTV footage. Mm. His nonverbal communication. He he looks like someone different. We're all sitting there going, no, I've got to be Mark because that's not, that's not how Steven looks. It's like the way that he position, like, yeah. positions his eyes and the way that he throws his posture, his though, the way he holds his shoulders. It's really like Oscar Isaac can act. Yeah. And it's after, so impressive. after having a sit through Empire Records and Liv Tyler's <laughs> attempted at acting, um, it was it was nice to see someone who's very skilled at it right afterwards. So oh, yeah. all the props to Oscar Isaac. Still not 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 feeling necessarily the. Uh, the uh, your attempt at Peaky Blinders, uh, London accent, <laughs> but but you know what? Uh, I'm always amazed at people who who are very good at nonverbal acting. I, I tend to to, oh, yeah. to depend on dialogue when I act, even when when I when I direct, even when I when, when I write. I'm all about the dialogue, and so people like this who can do this and express this without needing dialogue. Wow. It's it's so impressive, and so because of that, it's time for Stevens to have a meeting with HR and. He's been fired, but they're not placing charges on him for destroying the toilets. And he's recommended a doctor to help with his uh, DID. And they say, you know, Stephen's not alone in this. And well, he agrees that that's that's part of the problem. And he asks if uh, the HR guy asks if he has any more museum items on him at all. And he says no, but then he realizes he's got his name tag. What are they, they going to hang on to that for the next Stephen? Oh, it's 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 brutal. Yeah. And it, it's one of those things that obviously having to hand over his name, which is like one of the, the identifiers mm. of who, who he is compared to and we see the it, other people. And we also see the name is. tag. The final shot, the cinematography is really nice. Yeah. It continues to be really good in this. Uh, and it sort of pans down and you get it reflecting. Now, it doesn't reflect and say Mark or something stupid like that. <laughs> but the idea that there's a reflection and it's going to be so yeah. important. Um, yeah, so the cinematography, unlike Loki in that stupid spinning threes, <laughs> no, the cinematography in this to, continues to impress. To be fair, we did have one of those. It wasn't like a three. It was a one eighty. I can live yeah. with that. I can live yeah. with that. <laughs> I remember I watched <laughs> that, that is that was... style, because it's like upside down and like even with like like these things make sense thematically. Yeah. Think about you know the, the reflections and and that that obviously a, a motif of this. Uh, at least that makes it in, in Loki. I guess it's like time. Maybe I need to give that. A, maybe I need to be a bit nicer to that one because mm. time tends to go around in a three. I, I, it's, I still continue to think it was stupid. So like, a really good idea. <laughs> what function does it serve? Those, oh. Yeah, it's it's one of those things that works really really well for this. And like the the crew behind this, I need to say, are absolutely fantastic with what they did especially compared to what we've seen so far because we're now a year like a year and a bit into and compare this cinematography to falcon of the winter soldier or or one division i'm i'm in a different world and it's so much it's See, see, I think WandaVision was, the cinematography was excellent, but it was, it was excellent in the way that it was mimicking, um, 
several different sitcom styles over the years, and therefore, I think I for that fi- that final episode, then when it's no longer well, TV geez. mimicry, I yeah. don't even know what to do. That final episode, there, uh, it's, yeah. there wasn't. I mean, there was too busy about plot. I mean, where the camera went was the least of their worries. <laughs> so yeah. Anyway, back uh, to back to much yeah. better cinematography. Here we back are. Back to that. Uh, Stephen then goes to talk to Crowley, the living statue again, and tells yes. him about his current I can, situation. I can confirm. I saw he was more human this time. Yeah, he's blinking this time. He looks a bit uh, confused. Oh, he gives him a, he gives him a look at one yeah. point. <laughs> and uh, as he talks, obviously, because uh, it's a it's it's a one way conversation, but he's pretending Crowley's talking. And he comes, Stephen, with the help of Crowley, technically comes up with the other idea that if he finds the storage locker that the key belongs to, then he can solve all his issues. And he hugs him and he goes off. And uh, Stephen goes eventually to the fifth storage locker building, uh, very confused, saying, well, uh, it might be under Stephen or uh, Stephen Grant or just Mark, Mark first name. Uh, and luckily, the worker there never forgets a face and helps him to his locker. And on the locker, I didn't mention this in the last episode, um, but there's there are QR, there's a QR code hidden in each episode. Uh, and if you scan that QR code, it will send you to a digital comic of an old Moon Knight story. Mm-hmm. So, uh, oh, is that true? In, yeah. So That's in the first cool. episode, when um, Mark is talking to his boss about the Ennead and the poster being wrong, there's a QR code behind mm-hmm. the poster, I think. And if you scan, that will be the first ever appearance of Moon Knight in i can't remember which comic and then if you do it uh for this one i believe it's the comic appearance of when moon knight fought a werewolf or something like that mm-hmm. um but no it's 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 a cool little detail of it it's like when they put uh license plates with uh comic numbers and titles i i, I do appreciate that i mean the qr code's never i mean it's never a little beyond that i mean it, it, yeah. it, it it's 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 pushing you towards more content on a different platform which is which is great. I'm trying to remember the term for that because there's a whole thing about that. Oh, I used to teach this. This is this is poor. This like is a, poor. Is it like an ARG? Because it, it's it sort of isn't isn't because it's less of an alternate like story you're following, more just extra content. No, it's just got the idea of a, you know how how the internet is used in, in all its different platforms to drive yeah. people to a bunch of different places and how it's all interconnected. Anyway, I'll, I'll I'm sure I'll I'll come up with it at some yeah. point, but but don't let us get derailed from that. <laughs> Uh, but Stephen enters the storage locker and finds what essentially is like an apocalypse bunker with uh, a, a military style uh, camp bed and just bags and stocks of food everywhere. And Stephen finds a rucksack and opens it to find a pistol, money, a passport for a man called Mark Spector, who is obviously Mark. And he also finds the scarab from before and it flies in the air, pointing like a compass. And in the reflection of this storage uh, unit, Mark starts to speak to Stephen, and uh, Stephen's from us just, hello, man in the mirror. And Stephen asks if he's a sort of a mad secret agent, but Mark says it's a bit more complicated and tells him that he's in danger and he can help Stephen. And he says that if you go to sleep in that bed, Mark can take over, but Stephen refuses, saying he's, he's never going to fall asleep again. And he wants to know what Mark is. And Mark then tells Stephen that he's he's uh, he works for Konshu, that he's the avatar of the god of the moon, and they protect the vulnerable and deliver justice to those who hurt the vulnerable. And Mark made a deal with Konshu and needs to complete the task. If I may, I mean, yeah. if there's one thing that this series really has going against it is it's how much exposition and information yeah. has to get it. Because we've been aligned with Stephen the first two episodes. 
and and alignment is something that we choose we can identify with characters but we're, we're aligned to who the the the, the, the storytellers tell us we're aligned to and because we're so tightly aligned with uh steven there's a lot of information that we got to pick up on the fly and it, it works yeah. the sense that we're kind of overwhelmed by it just like he is but at the end of the day it also requires us to be able to retain what's being said <laughs> and run with it and i'm not yeah. sure in moments i was getting everything i was like what okay um yeah so you know things like avatar and egyptian god and um oh there are other things but uh, but it felt like it was just like a string of stuff and every time he went somewhere especially this episode someone else was just giving him a whole bunch more exposition <laughs> and i was just going this is an awful lot for me to hang on to for one episode i was gonna say it's very different obviously because i've i've over years i've known them i've learned the moon knight law so i think for me i'm going yeah, yeah, there's this. Yeah, you're just that. yeah, you're just going. Yeah, okay, he's going through. Yeah. The, the, I guess it would be like when we do. Who do you think you? Uh, who do you think you are? Our Doctor yeah. Who retrospective here on Best Film Ever. Um, when we talked about Episode One, Rose, and hitting all those story beats and those things that were payoffs, but we said one of the things that was really good about that first episode was they sort of spaced it out and let yeah. you kind of have those moments, bam bam and give you a chance to sort of come to grips with it just as rose would have to come to grips with it and this one it felt like it went i just threw it all at you <laughs> and it's weird because they both use similar strategies where one character tells the other character about what it is i guess a, a lot of it was it was a lot of telly here whereas in, in something like Doctor Who, it was a lot of, I'm going to tell you, and then I'm immediately going to show you what I just told you, and therefore you can, like, cement that link. Yeah, there's, like, some sort of hints. I th I, I'm, I'm interested to see, like, when the show finishes, because I, I think there are hints later on where it's show, uh, where they show and don't tell, and I prefer that. But for, for this episode, it's very exposition. It's very telly, yeah. Yeah, because like with, with my experience of Moon, I'm like, okay, I I know I know my Mark Spectors, I know my Jakes, I know my Stevens, I know my Conchus, all that kind of stuff. But for like a viewer who knows nothing and just wants to know a story, it can't, it's very overwhelming. <laughs> episode two was episode lie. two was a lot. I'll say that much. Yeah, but on uh, the but, flip side, it also flew yeah. by. I'll say that much yeah. as well. So there we go. Especially for what is essentially like a forty. It was eight minute episode. Yeah, we with credits. It was fifty two. Yeah. So I don't know what it came out to, but I was like, when it got to the credits, I was like, oh yeah okay i can watch another one so yeah it wasn't laborious maybe that was the idea i was like running to catch up the whole time and therefore like sped away from me a little bit but such as uh but steven gets angry uh from this conversation of exposition and he tells him that he's going to take himself to the authorities so they can put him away and the nhs will fill him with enough pills that he won't hurt anyone i like that attention to detail with with him being british did he say nhs uh, yeah oh really okay I, I i i rewound it a couple times to make sure i didn't i checked the subtitles and i can't remember but i think it was nhs it's either but he says something about like a no, some fine. yeah but no uh, the if, if you're you're not in the uk uh the nhs is our national health service as the as the letters would uh would stand for mm -hmm. and it's just our our way of getting all our all our doctory stuff out so it's a, it's a nice way to sort of cement that in in universe and we're both hypercritical of it but also fiercely proud of it yeah simultaneously to be fair that's how i feel about britain hypercritical but i love it there you go. Uh, and the lights then start to flicker as he runs off and uh they turn off as uh Conchu slowly uh, gets closer and closer to steven and steven runs for it trying to escape but Conchu catches up to him tattering over and him, tells him to give it back 
And then Steven screams and the video freezes. And then we cut to Steven running out the building. A really weird editing choice, but it felt like a little goofy. I don't know if it was too goofy, though. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It, yeah, it was just, it was a weird editing choice to me, but like it, it got a giggle out of me. So I guess it did its job. It's just strange. Yeah. Yeah. I'll say this. Uh, when they were walking up to the locker, I know I'm going back about three or four yeah. minutes. The way that it was, the, the lighting was going as it was, oh, it was beautiful. I just oh, yeah. It's just me just gushing about the cinematography again, but this thing is shot way better than it needs to. It's not, it's not a criticism, but I'm going like, someone could have told this guy, hey, relax, guy. It's it's just a, it's just a straight Disney Plus series. <laughs> and he was like, no, I'm, he's going to be really upset when he finds out he's not eligible for an Oscar for this. I'm, at least we've got, we've got the Emmys. People are saying at least uh, cinematography and is there uh, a Oscar. Cin- is there a cinematography think, award at the Emmys? It's either a production. It's one of the two. I, I need to to remember. I'll look that up while you, while you continue yeah. on. Uh, but from there is uh, Stephen runs out. He nearly gets hit by Layla, who's on a motorbike. And she tells him to hop on. And she starts angrily demanding uh, what happened to him while he was gone. And she's confused why he's acting like that. And he's, and he's sounding British and doing all these accents. And then she says that she's still his wife. And everyone, including Stephen, goes, what? He's got a wife? Which then leads several questions as to if Stephen has a wife, why was he having the date with uh, with State Girl? Or why was he doing this or that? What a confusing thing. Maybe there's something more to this. Uh, and she says she wants him to rock the act, but he says he isn't. And he says he can s- explain everything, that being Stephen, uh, if they get to his flat. And then they enter... And Layla goes to see Gus, and in the reflection of the fish tank, we also see Mark staring at Layla, telling Stephen that she shouldn't be in the flat. And Stephen just replies saying that he wants his life back. And Layla questions all of that and says uh, if he's living with someone else, but he says it's just his mum's flat, to which uh, Layla replies, oh, so you're talking again, which then makes everyone go, wait a minute, but Stephen's always calling his mum. That can't be right. More seeds to sow. And uh, Layla gets confused as to why Mark has a book of poems by the same poet that she loves. And Stephen says it's the same one that he loves. And um, Layla also, much like Stephen, knows Egyptian and hieroglyphs. And uh, But she still isn't buying Stephen's existence and says that she wants him to sign the divorce papers. And Stephen's shocked by this and says that he, he'd never divorce her. And Stephen's essentially fallen in love with Layla seconds into meeting her <laughs> because he's such a this he's is, such a dork this is very much what you're married to me oh wow you're the only oh, girl oh, i've geez. ever seen you're <laughs> perfect uh while we're stopped here i will yeah. say that there is a uh emmy for um outstanding cinematography in a prime time limited series uh, yeah limited series um Ooh. most recently held by the queen's gambit uh, but I will say that Gregory Middleton, who is the uh, lead cinematographer on Moon Knight, actually won this award in 2020 for Watchmen. So I feel like like I'm actually quite, quite proud of being able to go with yeah. some elite level cinematography. I just typed his name and went, oh, he won just like, oh, what was that? Two years ago. Cool. <laughs> he knows what he's doing. He does I'm, know I'm, what he's doing. 
and it really shows. I I didn't end up seeing Watchmen. I've seen trailers, and it does. It looks beautiful. I haven't I've nothing but haven't seen Watchmen, but I have seen all the like, like the promo stuff that HBO yeah. put out for it. I, I, it's just not accessible here in the. I'd love to see it, but yeah. yeah. I think it's now TV, but I think it got taken off. My only real knowledge is uh, the the lead actress in it is Regina King, who directed uh, One Night in Miami. Hey, there she is. Yeah. Uh, and uh, after Steven's all uh, in love with Layla, he says, you know, uh, she's absolutely lovely. And this Mark is, is a right twit. Uh, and he doesn't know how to explain it uh, and doesn't expect her to believe him. And he can only show her the bag as Mark demands him to stop getting her involved or she'll be killed. And because of that, before Mark can show her the scarab, uh, he stops, but she shoves him out the way and finds it herself. And she says, this is the scarab pointing to Ahmed's tomb. And yeah, I didn't see that coming. I see. I couldn't remember if it was in a thing or not, but the, the, the compass. I was like, it's got to. It's got to lead to somewhere. I don't know Didn't why. I just kind of thought she was like this. Like, oh, she's especially with us. You know, the whole like I'm trying to stop her from getting killed. I was like, oh, she's just the innocent, doe-eyed kind yeah. of. I, I miss my husband, kind of, kind of woman. And then when she knows exactly what it is, I'm like, oh, <laughs> didn't see that coming. It was a it was a nice twist on it. I think compared to to what a lot of. Um, MCU love interests have been just the the doe-eyed girl on the side, and it, it's yep. it's it's nice. And uh, she's furious that uh, he has the scarab, but he tells her just to have it. He's not Mark Spector. He's Stephen Grant, and he works in a gift shop or used to work in a gift shop. And he thinks uh, she's the only person who can help him, and, and begs her for help. And uh, she she realizes that he doesn't remember their adventures or their life together, and he just can't. And then there's a knock at the door, and it's the police. And uh, Stephen sort of gets Layla out the room, and he opens the door, and the uh, the detectives just burst in, and they want to know if anyone's with them, and he says no, and he asks if it's about a toilet, and they don't care. And one of them gets very confused uh, and asks questions about his period of paperweight that he got in the, the paperweight shop. And uh, we find out that Layla's jumped out the window to hide and she's just around sort of the corner of the window. And the police say that he's in possession of a stolen item and he says he doesn't have it. But they find something more important to them, which is a fake passport for Mark Spector. And they take him away and he's handcuffed in the car. And the police say that, uh, as one says to the other one, well, Mark Spector's a mercenary fugitive who killed loads of archaeologists in Egypt, execution style. So why the pantomime? I don't know. I was about to ask this. I understand this because yeah. we're about to go and see this later. Who said we were going to the police station? Um, so why go through this whole like we're cops ruse for another three minutes? What's this in the car? Don't you kind of have them? I think. Oh, if I remember, because uh, at the end, Arthur's like, sorry about all of that. We just had to make sure that you can we could see what your condition really was. So I think it's just like to clarify that. They just want to see if he'll if, yeah, if, if Stephen's okay. accurate or not. I think I I really don't know. Um, but Stephen if, says he didn't do if, it. If Ethan Hawke explained it away, I'm willing to give him that benefit. Of if that. he explains it away really raspy and like quietly, yeah. I'll, I'll 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 believe him. And that's not even a criticism. I love it. No. And uh, he says he doesn't. He didn't do it, but no one believes him. So they they pull into a random area, and the police tell him just to. To sit tight, but they uh, they have the tattoos of uh, Ahmed's followers of the the, <laughs> the way you British people say tattoos. Tattoos, tattoos. Yeah. It says it's very quick, whereas we slow it down. Tattoos. 
you can tell that I'm really no, fine. It's becoming, just coming. I'm British. really becoming British. In so the basically, accent. you and I are like Mark and Stephen here, and I'm just yeah. trying to keep you kind of grounded on the uh, North North American side of it. Well, my accent, uh, my New Zealand accent, was stronger. I'd be like tattoo, and that's that's just gone. All the things she said, all the things she said, running through my head, running <laughs> through my head. All the things she said. Do you get the reference? I th- I should. Oh, it's a ba- it was a Russian band called Tattoo. Oh, T-A-T-U. I know the song. I just didn't realize that was the name. Yeah, so uh, hopefully, yeah. Ho- if you got that before I revealed who it was, <laughs> get a hold of us at Best Film Ever Pod on the Twitter. Thank you, Elon Musk. <laughs> I, I'm um, convinced that's going to be what we now have to do every time we, we reference Twitter is we're going to have to thank concern. Elon Musk. I don't know if it's a good I, thing or not. I have no I, idea. I have no idea. I think he does it just for the meme, but then there's always the sinister stuff behind him. Where I'm like, oh, well, I don't know. I kind of like the idea of you have like a hu- one singular human being that you can blame, like 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 Mark Zuckerberg. Now, granted, he's got like a whole team and, and a board of exec, yeah. but you can go Mark Zuckerberg. You can go ah, Elon Musk. It used to be Jack, and then Jack sort of just like disappeared. What was the guy's name from MySpace? Oh, Tom from MySpace. You're too young to I be missed, able to know that. I miss Tom from MySpace. <laughs> so Tom from MySpace looking over his shoulder at me saying, With "Hey, thanks a lot." <laughs> yeah, it was little his little oh, good guy. his little white t-shirt, yeah. He took his money and went off he did the smart thing. But then uh Steven begs for help from a teenage girl playing football, but she also has the tattoo and he's trapped. So Mark tries to take over and uh Steven stops him. And Stephen's horrified by what Mark did to those archaeologists and vows never to let Mark take control again. And Arthur hears it too, and he sort of speaks through the car intercom, like phone thing, I guess. And he's like, I yep. hear you loud and clear, Stephen Grant from the gift shop. And then he opens the car door, so Stephen falls out, and he says he, he just wanted to better understand Stephen's condition. Yeah, that was lost on me when it first happened, because I was, uh, I was convinced that... Uh, See, I, I just thought it was more trickery from um, Mark. I thought, oh, he can do it now with the, with, the, with the radio. He can have his voice come through there. And then you find out, oh, no, wait, it's, sorry, what's um, what's what's uh, Ethan Hawke's name? My, my note Harrow? between Harrow and Arthur, yeah. Harrow, there it is. So it's, so it's Mr. Harrow. He's a broken yeah. Harrow. <laughs> it was a harrowing situation. So, um, yeah, uh, that's really all about that is. And uh, Harris says, you know, of course the scales don't balance because of all the voices in his head. Stephen, Mark, Konshu, uh, anything else. And he wonders if Konshu chose him because his mind was easy to break or because he was already broken. And Stephen says, uh, I'm, I'm not broken. Gets very defensive, understandably. And Konshu appears to Stephen telling him to break Harrow's windpipe. And Arthur's like, what's he doing? Is he saying to kill me? Yeah, that's good. this is great. Yeah. And uh, he then he then tells Stephen that he used to serve Konshu and talks about how the area of the city that they're in used to have the highest crime rate, but he's revitalized it. And now they don't even lock their doors anymore uh, with fear of uh, crime. And they even have goats, as Stephen points out. And Arthur speaks very poor Mandarin, uh, which I found out according to uh, Shang-Chi's very own Simu Liu. Uh, who said uh, on Twitter that uh, Arthur needs to get a better Mandarin teacher because it was awful or not accurate. And um, he uh, Harrow says that they all aspire to speak more than one language each here. And he asks if uh, Stephen's hungry so they can have lentil soup because they're both vegans and it's also free here. And this is like just it is a it's a utopia of like everyone coming together. And we're like, oh, maybe this is really nice. Yeah, I'm. 
I miss the flag stompers. <laughs> it's like the flag stompers if you just flag smashers, like, flag stompers, fla flag smashers, smashers. I think. Stomp is yeah. very British. Flag smashers. There we are. Yeah. Uh, it's like the flag smashes if they sort of act. We got to see them do some good things like once or twice, or just yeah, have some got, kind, some kind of steps utilitarian down the line. world. Yeah. Um, and Arthur shit talks Conchu for a bit, so Conchu throws a temper tantrum and uses a little bit of his powers to throw a throw a box around. And uh, Harrow says that Conchu was banished by the gods, and Conchu then replies to. Um, to Stephen by saying his only punishment uh, he only punishes those who have already done harm he's real justice to which Harrow says as he's saying I'm real justice and he wonders if uh, Harrow can still hear him but Arthur just says that he was his past avatar so he knows what he's like uh, and says that Conchu punishes those who've already done evil so it's too late and people have already suffered and Ahmed on the other hand knows it too well she stops the evil before it's done and that's why uh, Harrow wants to bring her back and Stephen's a little bit unsure about whether that's a good idea or not. So uh, Harrow then says that he needs to find the scarab so he can uh, find Ahmed's tomb, uh, free Ahmed, so it would be heaven on earth. And Stephen says he doesn't have the scarab, but uh, Harrow says he thinks Stephen knows who uh, who has it. So Mark then tells Stephen to keep his na wife's name out of his fucking mouth. <laughs> uh, and says, don't, don't, don't say who has it. Don't say it's Layla. And uh, uh, Harrow then wants to speak to Mark to tell him that Conchu was a liar. And Stephen says that uh, instead that Ahmed is judging innocent people before crimes committed. So would she kill a child for what they do? They might do in 30 years. And uh, uh, Harrow then refers to it as a disease being stopped from mutating to which Stephen's response is a child isn't a disease. And um, this is then we go, ah, oh, it was too good to be true. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, Stephen's whole, like, he gets, he gets this great line of, that's where I draw the line, killing yeah. children. Uh, it's the easy way for us to go, oh, yeah, this this is bad. We we, we can't, like, it's yeah, too good to be Stephen true. Stephen grandstands a little bit here, which just seems to be inconsistent with the rest of his, the rest of his time his character's on. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's imp we need this because we need to see what he's on about. Yeah, we um, need we need to morally align with the yeah, and, and with, we, the, with the movie. What well, the show wants us to. It's an interesting. Yeah, it presents to us a, a really interesting second take on it, yeah. um, and it sort of puts us learning for the first time at the same time that he's learning it for the first time. So that's always good. Um, yeah, and then we get that whole this, this guy who seemed all right. Oh wow, he's I didn't see that coming. That he and and you know, and then was he does something and like everybody stands up and they're like, oh yeah. yeah. He mentions the scarab and then everyone gets up and like, oh wow, this is I always say this is much better to me than the flag smashes because like the flag smashes whole ordeal was a world without borders, so everyone can be safe. And be like, yeah, that's great. I don't like the part where you blow up innocent people for some reason that you never explain. This one makes a bit more sense, like morally, because it's morally going with the whole Ahmed's idea of a heaven on earth. But then you have the issue of we're just going to kill people before they do the crime. Yeah, the bigger this world gets, and I was going to, I'm, I'm going to share a little bit more when we do the next episode. Yeah. But the bigger this world gets, the more you have to consider the wider MCU as a whole and go, <laughs> hang on. Um, this feels like a world that's very much ignored by, obviously, the rest of 
it, it does seem it does seem like uh, the Avengers and Co really care about the continental United States. There's been there, it, so far, like I'm jumping the gun for the next. There is one reference I think ever to the wider MCU, yeah, and, th- and that's about it. And you, I mean, this thing, this little, the irony that, of this is this needs to. Or... The irony of this is this one needs to be self-contained. Yeah, but yet it's the latest in a, in a long line. I mean, it's part of Phase Four. I mean, you've kind mm. of you, you've you've eliminated in many ways. Also, by incorporating uh, the Netflix stuff as canon, by incorporating past Spider-Man movies as canon, what you've done now is you get the idea that nothing's hands-off anymore. Everything's up for grabs. So I think they've created their own problem here. Um, so I'm going to yeah. try and keep the blinders on to the rest of the MC, but I, I'm going to hit it hard in the next episode. You watch. Yeah. But um, <laughs> I know exactly where we're going with that one. Yeah. Um, well, you probably don't because you haven't seen Marvel's latest and greatest film. Oh, I think I've I I, I know then two points of contention. We oh, can okay. Talk about. Excellent. Yeah. But uh, I'll slide back over here and go. Every yeah. what's going on? Everybody's getting mad now and going after the scarab. Everyone's getting mad. Uh, Harrow uh, then shows Stephen his his special uh, justice cane, which was a gift from Ahmed to her first avatar has a tiny part of her power and he threatens to use it so we can get the scarab and he demands to know where the scarab is and Layla then bursts in and says I have it because she's the diamond in the rough she got there somehow I don't I guess she followed uh, and then Conchu tells Mark to fix this and uh, while Layla tells Stephen to summon, summon the suit not the soup uh, and keep the he's already had the soup yeah, freshly made this soup. morning lentils very oh it looked really nice um and she gives him the scarab to keep it safe so it's time to fight and chase as the two make their way up the building and arthur uh uses his powers to summon another jackal and the mcu really like purple for their evil magic villains yeah. i've noticed agatha him probably someone else i'm forgetting about um well the thanos e- was purple wasn't he? yeah the evil sky of the multiverse cracking apart yep. in spider-man uh, you, you watch try- e- evil doctor strange will be purple Oh, It'll God, happen. I hope not. Uh, and they try and escape and uh, they lock the door in a room, which Stephen calls uh, a creepy guy's man cave. And Layla tells Stephen uh, that Mark needs to summon the suit and tries to make him remember. And Mark wants to be let in, but Stephen just screams and refuses, telling both of them to, to leave him alone. I, see, I don't understand this because Stephen's done this once already in the bathroom. Yeah. And obviously took care of business. At this point, I'm like, I don't know what. Yes, I'm tagging out. At times, Stephen's reluctance to 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 tap out um, seemed confusing. Based on if you hadn't had that first um, transition, fine, I totally get it. But he was under threat by a jackal earlier. Tagged in, Mark. He survived. I think it's because he's it's it's such like. His world's so changed. I think he's losing every possible part of his sanity. I think it's. I think it's it's, it's for that conflict. I think it's for a comedic moment where he summons the wrong suit. I think it's just so we can get Mister Knight. Yeah, yeah, and that's a you know okay, great, but it 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 it, did. I don't know. It felt inconsistent to me. Yeah. Uh, so it runs at Steven and throws him uh, out the window as Conchu screams to summon the suit. I forgot to mention, though, uh, Layla can't see the jackal, only Steven slash Mark can. And we but see it from her perspective for the first bit of it. Yeah, like there's nothing and it's just sort of uh, Steven just racking around. 
And uh, as what do you reckon? Is he like wrestling something in like a green suit to help, or is he just like this good at acting as if something's there? I I really hope he's just that good. I really hope he's actually wrestling something. It feels like it's something Oscar Isaac would do because he he just he really goes for it, even if it even Mm -hmm. if it's like episode nine of Star Wars, he still puts his heart and soul into it, and I respect him for that. Um, and, uh, the, uh, he, he gets the suit and he becomes Mr. Knight, uh, and Mark hates the suit. And, uh, Steve's like, well, she said I, I needed a suit and he thinks he looks sharp and he goes to grab the scarab and instead just brings out, uh, golden batons, uh, nightsticks and the jackal then jumps down ready to attack Steven and throws him further down the street outside. Mm-hmm. And Stephen then learns that that he has super strength because he holds onto a car and just rips the uh, the bumper off it and goes to smack it. And Layla then throws a bottle at where she thinks the jackal is it as it attacks Stephen, and she's able to pinpoint it because of the dripping uh, booze and stabs it. So it grabs Layla, throws her around, and Stephen's then able to attack it. So it drops her. And Mark starts screaming to, to give him control uh, because Stephen can't do it. And Stephen says, oh, I think I can do it. And Stephen then becomes a roadman for about 30 seconds. If you don't know what a roadman is, if you're American, they are like the um, they think they're really, really uh, hard and cool and, and tough. And they just I, say I, whatever I, they want. I've never, never heard of this myself, actually. So. Oh. It might just be like a, a sort of my generation thing, but it's basically like any person who talks like very, very street and hard like, this ba- and puts it on. Is this basically the 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 bad youths in um in Kingsman? Yeah, it's like the oh, guys, you, the guys in the say, pub. Yeah, what you say, boss mate? You want to go? You want to like that yeah. kind of stuff? Uh, and he then also learns from the Peaky Blinders, like oh, I float like a butterfly, sting like a bee. Oh, that, that my is- name's Stephen with the V. <laughs> Well, that is Muhammad Ali's doing there. Yeah, but he's got, he's like properly like rolling also, up his sleeves. He rolls the sleeves up. Yeah, yeah. You mess with the Stevie Blinders, um, and he punches the jackal and screams "Wagwan." I was gonna ask, did he say "Wagwan"? Yeah, <laughs> you make me because there's a whole yeah. vid, there's a whole video that Google ran in the UK about yeah. about about who's a, who's allowed to say that. Yeah, I, I'm not sure if Oscar Isaac is. <laughs> But no, he celebrates with it, and then he gets biffed by the uh, jackal into a bus. And I'm going very British now with all of my terms. Everyone that's American, uh, I hope you're keeping up. And uh, as Stephen and the jackal uh, have a bit of a scuffle, they get hit by a taxi, a black cab taxi in London. And Mark then says, you know, it's time for, for me to take over so no one can get hurt. So Mark takes control and then gets all his mummy wraps around him and turns into Moon Knight. And he goes to town on the Jackal and they jump over the roofs uh, to uh, continue the battling. And the visuals on the rooftops are really, really nice. They're, they're very they're very long shots. So you just see like far in the distance, you see the, the, the night sky and the lights of London and Tower Bridge. Just I really liked it. Just as an aside. Yeah. Um, I asked Google about Wagwan. Oh, no. Wagwan is a way of saying what's going on in Jamaican English. It is used throughout the Jamaican diaspora, especially in certain pockets of South and East London. 
and there was this uh, there was this google ad about who can say it it was this this white kid trying to say wagwan to a bunch of uh black men and he's kind of called the task on it and they go whoa and he goes what and they sort of you know it's okay to ask questions was that google's kind of concept at the end yeah. he's like oh and they all shake hands and he's all smiling at the end but it was it was yeah so i was going and it wasn't just like a little wagwan like he like shouts he it it's like a victory cry it. Uh, it does say here on urban dictionary as well that it is typically associated with being on the street or gang culture yeah whenever whenever i'm in southeast london to to see friends and family that's always just like a thing i always hear when you're I'm in like whenever i'm in a chicken shop someone always says it to me like when i order oh, something, I thought you, like, oh, that, that you go home. ahead and use it when you're down there to go watch a music or something like that <laughs> yeah that's what i'm saying as i go and see like some opera i'm like yeah this is the right this is the right place yeah. to say it uh i just thought i do that for our american listeners there yeah. you go you learned something new <laughs> on the pod today it's it's a learning experience with moon knight Oh, side note, that that term I was thinking of earlier, media convergence. Convergence Ah. was the word I was looking for. Oh, yeah. I've been hearing that a lot. There you go. uh, (laughs) It's not going to go away. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But eventually, uh, Mark's able to grab the jackal and he throws it onto a monument, spike, killing it. This isn't in London. This is in Germany. I don't know what this is supposed to represent in London, but there's just a spike in London. Let's go with that. Wait, Um, sorry, what? This like the actual place that he's um, that he kills the jackal. It's an actual monument in Germany. Oh, he must. Have, to, I guess yeah. while they were over there, they thought well, let's get this other shot while we're at it. <laughs> I'm gonna say. I guess they just ran really far. No, 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 no. <laughs> I, I was thinking. It's, it's, yeah. I was thinking this one's really on the nose. Ethan should be okay this episode with where we are. Yeah, yeah. And then I was like, oh no, there's this one. There's this one inaccuracy. I don't know where exactly it is in Germany. I think it's supposed to represent somewhere. In- somewhere in I, London. Just, I guess just a spike yeah. dude it's I just, just all right we got a spike yeah um but uh mark then d d moon knights and realizes that he's lost the scarab um and he screams in anguish shit uh as further back uh, a random old homeless man finds the scarab and harrow is like hi i can offer you uh warm food and and clothes and 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 a bed uh if you just give it to me and then kills him I yeah, he's a bit, he of, a, he's a bit of a ritual. jerk there. He does the same line that was said in episode yeah. one. Uh, I'm sorry you won't be around to see the world that we're creating yeah. or something like that. And down he goes. And it, um, something I really like about um, um, Ethan Hawke. Yeah. Almost said Carrie Elwes. In many ways, Ethan Hawke is the, the American Carrie Elwes. Um, but something I, I like about him is he's very, have you ever seen No, no Country for Old Men? yeah he's he's very anton he's very he's very soft-spoken he's not typical marvel shouty villain or ranty villain or even luxury loki villain he's just quite and really believe that's the thing he so believes in what he's saying and he in his version he's the hero of his story I love that. Which it's, is great. It makes it I, I, I like conflicting it. Conflicting for me. I've said before. I hate it when it's, I'm from the evil league of evil, and I eat evil yeah. cereal, and I, you know, it's it's not that. It's 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 a guy who really does believe he's made the right choice. And if you look at it from a certain perspective, you can understand how someone would go down this road. Um, yeah. So um, those sorts of moments where we see him quietly with with utter disregard. For, for 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 human life as well because he gets as on account of his power he gets to go hey 
it's not me it's not me i'm just i'm I'm just the instrument someone else is making this call literally through me yeah so it's it's very much like if the uh the coin toss scene in no country for old men was the wrong call like it, it feels like that with this scene. Well, like, it is. I mean, we, we, yeah. Thankfully, the first time we saw it, it went positively. But yeah, yeah. It, it basically he's just coin flipping everybody. Just the tattoo yeah. does it for him. Uh, and uh, Layla looks in in horror and bikes away. And we go back to Mark and and Stephen having a conversation through the reflection of the the German spike uh, glass. And uh, Stephen doesn't like it. He can he can barely move. And Mark says, you know, it, it just gets easier. But he doesn't remember how long he's been doing it. And Steven says he doesn't want it. He just wants his body back. And uh, he tries to take it back by, by straining and it doesn't work. And uh, Mark says, you know, whoever has the body becomes strongest. That means that Mark can't really be stropped right now. Remember this for next episode. Um, And Steven is furious because everything that's gone wrong in his life has been because of Mark. He can't hold the job, can't hold a date, uh, can't hold a goldfish properly. And uh, Mark says, you know, when his debt's repaid, Stephen will get his life back and he'll, he'll disappear because his servitude is the price he pays. But it's covered in blood. And Stephen says, you know, it's it's on my hands. Now, yeah. And let's not forget, like, I mean, I think there's a, a thing holding back here. And of course, I'm asking you if, if, if it's something that's existing to let me stay yeah. in the dark for a bit. <laughs> but, you know, we had mentioned, you know, uh, I know they talked about it in reference, but it's never answered. You know, um, he's he's phoning his mom who never yeah. picks up. And so the idea is, I think we're being positioned, at least we were initially, and I think we still are in episode two, to go um, that Stephen is the authentic or the or the prime, the, the original personality, if you will. And I think that's how we're sort of being aligned to it. Um I think as it goes on, we have to open our our concepts to the idea that maybe Stephen isn't isn't the prime personality. Maybe he's uh, to use um, Loki sort of terminology. Maybe he's the I don't want to say deviant because it's got negative connotations to it, but he yeah. he wasn't um, he wasn't the prime personality. He's he's come yeah, along he later on. He wasn't like the he wasn't he wasn't the original with yeah. the host body. He's an offshoot. He's a yeah. he's a he was the second to emerge. How about that? Yeah, he was the or the at second. least he wasn't the first to emerge. Yeah, the the second sort of identity yep. or, or thing. And uh, Mark says, you know, all this is because uh, Konshu has his eyes on Layla and wants her to be his avatar. And the two argue, and Mark just loses it and destroys the reflection as Konshu just watches over him. And he says that Mark's proven he can't handle this. And when he found Mark, he was just a corpse. So he owes everything to Konshu. And uh, Mark says he'll take, he'll do whatever it takes to get to Ahmed's too. And uh, they'll get there. And Mark, uh, Konshu says to Mark that if they ever do part ways, he'll just find Layla as his next avatar and tells him that it, they're going to Egypt. So we just cut to seeing Stephen in the reflection of a mirror in a hotel, upset, wrapped in uh, bedsheets. And uh, he's sad as Mark drinks whiskey and just overlooks the pyramids uh, in Egypt. And, and that's where we end. Yeah, I was really surprised because it felt like a pacey episode, like I said. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah, really. Uh, and and, and you, you leave me on this on this great moment where we have this shift and we're in Egypt proper. And I'm like, OK, cool. So we've done the whole, I guess, some of the backstory 
of it. Uh, we've had the slow reveal. Or slow reveal. I mean, typically we had two. I mean, if it's six, we tell us a lot. That first yeah. two episodes should be act one. We should then move into act two. Now, the problem with Marvel is they tend to go till, you know, episode, f- the end of episode five, and then go episode six is act three. And we're like, that's not enough yeah. time. They've done it right so far. Yeah. They've done it right so far. So at least as far as pacing goes, uh, even if it meant there was a lot in two, that episode yeah. two, they got thrown at us. But I feel, I think the highs of this episode almost sort of not outweigh it, but they, I feel they sort of almost justify the, the, insane out of exposition that we get at the start because it becomes a bit more of a fun fun journey at the end yeah i want to think i think it depends on how you take the humor i don't think i'd wanted to change anything from episode one so i think maybe it's a necessary evil maybe that maybe that's what yeah. episode two was and when we get to the end of it i reserve the right to, to change my my judgment on that and go actually but no it feels like we got to egypt for the start of episode three that's probably where we should be not knowing the end point but kind of knowing a little bit of where we're at um and it needs to shift gears and we've established who i think probably our main characters are yeah. um even if we did throw in like the bit where he goes and he wants he is it libby what's his what's his uh, what? layla he wants layla next and i'm like okay that's a little bit really thrown at me um but i we also see that mark isn't perfect mark's got some 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 issues and mark's got some weaknesses as opposed to mark who up until this point had felt like the all-star yeah, he feel we, we was like, oh yeah, he's he's cool, he's the hero type, he's gonna get us through. And Mark's, oh, no, there's yeah, some, Mark, there's some flaws here. Mark's like Mario after he eats the mushroom. It's kind of what we're thinking, <laughs> yeah. right? Um, and it was it was kind of gonna go. Oh, he's got some over some stuff there. Oh, and then also it gives a little bit of um, a little bit of um, edge to uh, oh god, I forget what his name is. <laughs> Oh, uh, wait, Ethan Hawke or? No, no, no. The name of the actual god. Oh, Khonshu. Khonshu, thank you. Yeah. Uh, the name of, so, so you know, Khonshu's got some layers even to him where you're going, oh, um, so that's that's all right. So I felt pretty good about where we were episode two. I got my cast of characters down. I think I know everybody more or less is. I'm ready for act two. Yeah, I also I was really surprised um, that we went to Egypt so so soon, and that's not a bad thing. I was just I was surprised in a good way because usually like the MCU show so far is like your your if like whatever Egypt is for one of these shows, that's like your final two episodes type thing, and I'm really glad we're getting them there. Was Loki six episodes? I think Loki was six. Yeah, because episode to- two is when we get Sylvie's first appearance on screen. Yeah, like right at the end. I have a demonic Walmart. And then we're like, oh, what's what? I felt like, oh, that's still a main character we got to flesh out a little bit. I think we've got all ours. I do. I think, I think so. Yeah. 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 And I know, I I know what, I know what the characters' motivations are. Yeah. Pretty much all of them, actually. I know what Ethan Hawke's motivations are. I know what uh, Mark's motivations are. Um, Steven's just kind of like, get me back to normal, his motivation. Uh, Layla's kind of, we sort of see what's going on there. I feel like I've got a good handle on the uh, on, on the storylines at this point. Mm. Even with Conshu, I sort of yeah. I feel like I know where 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 that's going. I mean, episode three will be big, big, big for Conshu, but episode yeah. two, I got some ideas. I got some ideas. Yeah. I get the idea that he's not. I also understand why 
because we have the scene where he blackmails that is episode two right where he blackmails mark into keeping going a little bit more oh yeah yeah, yeah he's like if, if if you don't do this i'll get Layla. yeah so we also understand a little bit about why ethan hawk may have made the decision that he did because conch yeah. not 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 a good guy hmm you know, and that's kind of a fun way to do this Egyptian god storyline. And I think mm. maybe that's a good place to sort of park that. Yeah. So I guess we'll go to uh I always forget do we do uh grumbles and, and yeah. things we liked. Yeah. <laughs> so uh a favorite element moment. I think I know where yours is gonna go. Well, I mean <laughs> if you hadn't yeah. said that, I probably wouldn't have remembered. Uh I mean the cinematography is fantastic in the episode, yeah. full stop. But I continue to be impressed by Oscar Isaac and his ability to do two performances. Oh yeah, it's cause it, even um like you can see between them, even though uh with Layla, he's just, the way that he acts with Steven towards Layla and Mark reacts to Steven about Layla. It's such a it's such a well done performance. And the use of the character of Layla to act as a surrogate or at least a barometer for yeah. us between these two Oscar Isaac characters, that's really cool too. Mm. And so she kind of tells us how we should be feeling about the power dynamic between them. And that's going to be really important because it's actually really nuanced. I thought it was just going to yeah. be, here's Steven. Oh, my word. Here's super you. Let's just do that. <laughs> and it's not. There is layers of nuance going on. So I dig that. That's my that's my high point. How about you? Um, it is the cinematography as well. I, I think the... It, Ethan Hawke has such a presence in this. He's he's not in it for for loads. I think it's like the final fifteen minutes. But he's so he's got such a a way with him, a charisma that when he has that shift of, well, I'm gonna kill everyone that I need to. I go, I feel I feel the same. Uh, I feel the conflict that Stephen has as well. I go, this is all. This is too perfect, and that's such a shame because that's such an interesting character that if you were able to align morally correctly. It's great, and it it creates so much conflict for me that I want to see develop, and I, I really do appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, from things we don't appreciate, though, to uh, li li little grumbles. Little grumbles. Hmm. Um. I, it, was, it was it was it was a heavy exposition episode. It made yeah. it, I have landed on the fact that it's a necessary evil. Uh. But yeah. Um. I mean. <sighs> Harrow's posse of drones <laughs> of mindless cult whatever followers. I mean, it's a bit one note. I, I could probably do with him having a second a henchman, someone to get some exposition out of. Yeah. Um, I probably, although it does, I mean, it clearly establishes him as the singular leader. Um, however, it just means I only see him talk when he's talking to one of the heroes. And if you're going to keep me that, if you're gonna, if you're going to line me that tightly to the Oscar Isaacs, that's fine. That's fine. Mm. But there is the part, and maybe less is more because it means that he's an enigma and I want to know more. And maybe there's that in it. I just, um, yeah, that's I mean, I, I mean, again, I'm asking a lot for success, six episode series. So maybe yeah. that's it. But really, I'm, 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 I'm pushing pretty hard to find anything. How about you? Uh, it, it's sort of the same. Like the exposition, I don't care as much about, but I think that's because of my knowledge already. So it's sort of, I feel like I'm going through the motions with that. I think, I don't know. Maybe, maybe some like the humor with Mister Knight is a bit a bit too much. But I think it, it really depends on. And because the first time I saw, it, I was like, you know what, this is kind of this is entertaining. The second time, I can get why people like would find it sort of cringe. But I th it's just 
it's just a bit sudden for humor but again that's always an issue the mcu's had so the bit where he's talking about you said is roadman is that the term you used for him yeah i mean it's important because it is endearing yeah you know what i mean and so and we see her seeing him do this yeah and I think that's going to build on something here. I, I think I think that's going to develop further in the series. The idea that she's now that she's the first half of the episode, she's in denial. She thinks he's putting it on, and the second half is her kind of coming to grips with the idea that Stephen exists. Yeah, and and seeing who who that person is. So that's really uh, interesting. Although I do get what you mean with it. Still feels a bit sudden when he's like, yeah. "Oral, here we, here we are, here we are." See, I'm fine with it because I, I I find that kind of British stuff endearing, but I think it really just depends on like when and where. But that that honestly, that's fine for me. I guess that goes to our our Moon Knight ratings. Oh, I'm trying to remember what I gave the first episode. I don't think we. I think we were like. Oh, I we think, gave it a like, grade. We yeah, gave it a grade because it was, like a, it was, it was a pilot. Like a yeah, I gave it a B plus. I, I must have been a B. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. remember, I was just below you, or just yeah. So I'm yeah. gonna go. Oh. I like it, but I like it in the sense that I think it's it just sets things up. It's hard because it, it just does things. Yeah, is it a great episode? I don't know. If it's a. Gr- it's an establishing episode. It's, it's a thing that gets things. Yeah, yeah. It sets the table, and I'm just like, it didn't make any mistakes. So I'm still gonna go eight. It's it's an yeah. eight. It's not it's not brilliant, but uh, I think I like, I like episode two better than episode one because it built upon what episode one gave me. Although it didn't create outside of Ethan Hawke's plan. Uh, and the idea that um, Layla is on the table as stakes. Um, it just solidifies what I already knew previously, and that's important. So, yeah, and I got me to Egypt. So, eight. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm going to go eight as well. I think it, it's it's important for what it needs to do, and I think as we as we progress through the series, though, what we learn will have greater effects. And I, I think it's it's a nice... It's a nice beginning chapter after because if the first episode was all this exposition, it would be it would be a slog. Yeah. So it's like you said, it's a necessary evil. But that that's where we land with with Moon Knight episode two. Uh, if you've been listening, we need to catch up with what we've done here on the BFE. We had our best one ever episode on Empire Records on Tuesday to celebrate uh, Rex Manning Day. Uh, um, yesterday when this comes out we would have had our episode of who do you think you are on the 50th anniversary special and talk a little bit about legend of the sea devils before it comes out and then friday uh the day before yesterday we had our real roundtable on batman movies as uh ian liam and i discussed uh, our rankings and our thoughts on the the cinematic history uh of batman over the years uh, we have a Patreon as well, so uh, if you want to hear more or you want to contribute to be our fifth chat on ratings of movies or even suggest a movie for us to watch uh, at the end of the month at some point, you can uh, follow us there and donate at uh, patreon.com forward slash BFE. We kept this in before you. And also we have a Twitter, a Facebook and an Instagram, which is best film ever pod uh, there as well. 
Yeah, and this week we've got coming up on the pod uh, Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone, um, yeah. because it's we got the what is it called the the the, the secrets of Dumbledore or something like that out. So we thought it was yeah. rewind Fantastic all beast, where the, the way to the, the beginning. Case. Yeah, so that'll be good. And I think I'm gonna have a little bit of a singular interview with Reverend Bruce talking about the church's reaction of all things to oh, Harry wow. Potter back in the day. So we're gonna talk <laughs> about that a little bit off mic, and and uh, and I'll throw that at the end of the episode. It's just kind of like an extended coda. So looking forward oh, to that. That's Patreon member BFF of the BFE, Reverend Bruce. Thanks for making time for us on that one, sir. So thank you so much for listening to this episode of Dancing in the Moon Night. I've been Ethan. And I've been Ian. So thank you so much for listening. And the final thing I really have to say is float like a butterfly, sing like a, a bee. We're, I guess, the BFE. We'll see you next time. It's a work in progress. Work in progress.